There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, I'm Craig, and welcome to another episode of Football Kit Memories, the football podcast that gets under the shirt. Today, I meet Scottish footballer and brand manager for sportswear manufacturer Joma, Andrew Barrowman. In our chat, we cover Andy's career from making his Premier League debut with Birmingham, his drive to get game time out on loan, as well as his appearance in the Scottish Cup final with Ross County. There's also plenty about Andy's second life as a senior brand manager for Joma in Scotland, where he talks to me about the strides the brand is making in the SPFL, as well as at the grassroots level. Later, I asked Andy to pick out three of his favourite football shirts and tell me a little bit about what they mean to him. We of course cover Burnham City, that shirt for Ross County, and I find out just why Motherwell's 1991 Cup Final was so special for him. Remember, you can listen to this and other episodes of Football Kit Memories on all major audio platforms including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please do like, follow, share, but above all, please do enjoy the podcast. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by ex-professional footballer, come senior brand manager for Joma Sport, it's Andrew Barrowman. How are you doing, Andy? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Delighted to be here. Always like to talk, Kit. Yeah, I bet you do, mate. Well, I'm really excited to have you. I, I think we were talking over email before, just you kind of fit the brief for the absolute perfect guest for this podcast, so can't believe it's <laughs> taken this long. I hope I don't let you down, no pressure. That's, a, that's a, what an opening, opening line that is. <laughs> well, that's what he edits for, Andy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, mate, we're, we're going to cover your football career via your choices of football shirt a bit later on. But what I wanted to do is kind of start in the present and ask you what you do for Joma. Yeah, so uh, my title is Senior Brand Manager. So I'm, I look after Scotland as my territory. Um, so within that role... I manage uh, professional teams, uh, not not just football, so uh, other sports like Scot- Scottish Athletics, um, Basketball Scotland, other other sort of national governed bodies that we work with, um, and I also manage uh, teamware accounts or key accounts in Scotland or sort of larger accounts, teamware um, retailers in Scotland. I also manage them. So yeah, it's um, it's it's very good for for someone who's always been sort of. In, involved in football predominantly but involved in sport it's great to when I mean, you spend most of your day just talking talking football or talking sport and then you sort of catch yourself and go 
well, we actually better maybe talk about some business now, <laughs> what we're actually here for. So it's good fun. It's every day is different and it moves at a very fast pace. But um, no, it's, it's it's great fun. Nice. So how do you move from being a professional footballer and retiring in that environment to becoming um, a brand manager at Joma? Yeah, it was about luck, really. Um, I mean, I started when I was still playing. I was at Dunfermline at the time and I started a business management degree. Um, just online through FIFPRO Academy, uh, it's sort of a governing body for, for 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 footballers and union, sorry, for footballers in Europe. So it was sort of fully funded. I was lucky, got on the course, met the criteria, got on that degree. It was four and a half years, and uh, basically just kind of last year, six months, I'd sort of made that transition from being a, a footballer. I'd, I'd went part time for the first time in my career, uh, and I'd sort of one eye on get into the real world yeah, <laughs> so yeah. to speak so it's just a bit of luck I, I registered with a few recruitment companies um, and I got a phone call one day from one of them to say we've got a job they think you'd be quite well suited to it's with a company called Joma have you heard of them I said yeah I've heard of them I've wore the kit yeah. um, I, I'd wore them at Dunfermline and a couple of other teams as well so I was well aware of them uh, and yeah just went from there really and I think I've I fitted the bill in terms of what they look for. They, they, they kind of use that model, you know, ex-professional uh, sports people, you know, in terms of there's lots of them dotted around the business in different countries. And, and uh, yeah, I kind of fitted the bill for them and mm-hmm. it all moved very quickly. And, yeah, here I am, four and a half years later. Wow. So would there be kind of other ex-sportsmen in different territories, like you said then? Are any other ex-footballers, like, taking care of Spain or Germany, everywhere else? Yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, our, our head of sponsorship is an ex-handball player. Now, ha- handball is really popular in Spain. It, it, he was a professional, he was a full-time professional, so that, that tells you how popular handball is over there. So, yeah, he's our head of sponsorship, um, Alfonso Flores is his name. And, and yeah, they're, they're all over, all different territories. I don't think anywhere else in the UK um, there is, but, yeah, um, other territories, yeah, it's, it's a model that we, the company looked to use, yeah. Right, right. So, so the brand's Spanish, right? Yeah, based in Toledo, just outside Madrid, about 40, 45 minutes from Madrid. Right, right. So what kind of, what, what is the brand all about? Like, what does it do that's different to other brands? And what is the strategy for kind of working with teams, etc., all over Europe? Yeah, so, so we are teamwear. So we're we are obviously our competitors in the market. As everyone knows, Nike, Adidas, the sort of major powerhouses, they, they are more focused on, uh, sort of athletic leisure, so they they want you know my wife who doesn't participate in any sport to wear their clothes, going to the supermarket or going you know whatever it is they're doing. That's what they're more focused on. And yeah, they they're still very prominent in the teamwear market. Where we differ is we are a teamwear brand. You know, pretty much in the UK especially, people will only wear our kit when they're going to represent a local club or whatever it may be their team. You know, it's their sort of uniform and yeah you'll have fans will wear it in replica but it's very much connected to sports clubs yeah uh, elsewhere in europe actually we we've got retail shops on high streets and stuff in, in spain predominantly in the mediterranean countries and italy yep. portugal people places like that and you know it's cool for a teenage kid to wear a joma hoodie you know yep. to go to the cinema whereas in the uk we just haven't I mean, we've been here oh, 14 years now and we haven't we haven't ever captured that market, and it's something that we we want to do. You know, it's in the plan, but for some reason, it's just teamwear is just 
taken off. If you go down any of the local pitches, probably length and breadth of the UK, you, you'll see, you know, it's Joma. As far as I can see, it, 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 we've really done well in that market. A few things, our stock level is very good. Right. Uh, our, our range, our, our, our catalogue, I think it's something like 300 and odd pages. Um, so it's a huge, huge collection. Yeah. The price, price, quality ratio. So we do, we do the 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 main things really, really well. You know, we're not going to do the advertising campaigns like a Nike or Adidas or even like a New Balance and people like that have come into the store, have come yeah. into the market. You know, we're not going to spend the hundreds of millions on marketing, and we don't have that budget. Um, so you kind of let the guys kind of go and get on with it, and we concentrate. We fight out for grassroots, grassroots team. Where yeah, we've got our pro teams and. That's growing all the time, yeah. but that really, that for us, that's really it's marketing. It comes from a marketing budget, so our main focus is grassroots teamwork, and you know we make make no apology for that because that that's who we are and that's what we do best. So, yeah, that's really interesting. I can certainly attest to the quality. I've got a couple of Joma shirts, different teams and stuff, and it's really good quality gear. I wanted to yeah. ask a bit more about the professional team. So. They, you know, more and more of them are in Europe, right? So there's Anderlecht, I've got a little list here, Anderlecht, uh, Atalanta, obviously in the Champions League, and Villarreal in the Europa League final this year. You had Swansea yeah. in the playoff final too. But you guys are taking strides in Scotland as well, right? Yeah, we are. Um, it's, you know, last year, obviously, it's well documented what everyone was going through, but it was actually a really strong strong year for us last year because you're, you're all, always working a year a year in advance, so we we are we are clinching deals for for now basically. So recently we've just launched, we've just announced, sorry, Hibernian, which is is huge for us. It's it's just a bit of context, you know. They'll sell something like fifteen thousand replicas each year. Right. Um. You know, in Scotland they're they're probably uh, top three, top four size clubs in, in Scotland. You know, they finished third last year. Going to play Europa League football this year, so it's it's huge for us in, in, within Scotland. It just sort of takes elevates the brand and the perception of the brand just yeah. takes up that 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 next level um but in addition to that we've also added livingston football club and ross county so we've got the three new ones and we already have st Mirren. so that's four in the premiership you know i think in total we've got 12 of the 42 professional clubs in scotland right. and four of them four of them are in the premiership so it's really good it's really strong and i think that's sort of testament to to, you know what we do well and you know it's football's a small world and yeah. we all talk and you know if you weren't doing, doing things right you I think people would very quickly hear about it so no it's going it's going well and we just want to keep growing and strength to strength each year and, and see where that takes us fantastic so when you sign a deal so say Hibernian as an example you sign a new deal how involved with you with the club in terms of the design the fans involved that kind of stuff yeah, so every club's different, really. Um, in terms of Hibernian, they've got a really, a really great uh, creative. You know, I don't even know what his title is. You know, creative manager or something like that. His name's Peter Butt, and look him up. He, he, he's fantastic. Some of some of the stuff he does. I was aware of him before we ever became involved yeah. in Hibernian, uh, and he's just really some of his ideas. I mean, their kits will launch next Friday, um, the home kit and. You know, it's it's. I'm really excited. I always get a wee, wee bit of excitement this time of year. And yeah, yeah. It's a busy time of year. It's probably my least favourite in terms of the day to day job because there's a lot of organising and, uh, and you know trying to logistically behind the scenes. But it's actually it's, you know it's exciting because the new kits are. I still get that. Although I've seen the kits, I've 
kind of been involved to a certain extent in designing them. I always get that little bit of nerves when you, you get the first package through and you, you're opening it just to get the sample to see what it looks like and you're never really sure. It's it's great seeing it on a on a screen, but until you actually open open that package and see the samples, you're never really quite sure just how the real thing is going to look. So um, so yeah, as I, that is a question. I mean, every club's different. And so Dunfermline did, did uh, great work with Dunfermline in the Championship in Scotland. They, they did a great campaign this year um, with the fans and they literally... You know, sometimes you see you see clubs and they sort of pay lip service. Yeah, the fans picked it. Yeah. Yeah, well, they maybe did, but you maybe narrowed it down to three choices or four choices, and then the fans picked their favourite from that. That's a kind of common theme. By the way, it's not always a good thing to let the fans get involved in it because you'll never please anyone. You know, you, you, literally, you'll, you could be there all day. You'll never, ever please them, no matter how good a, a kit you turn out. But the Fairland did it a different way. They actually had, they just selected different sort of genres, different, age groups and and actually had them involved from the start from literally the first meeting in terms of blank canvas wow where do we go from here yeah. so that, that's the first time in my time anyway and the clubs that i deal with that they've ever did that and you know i think that the uh, the end result i mean the launch last week the home particularly is is you know just nailed it because it's what the fans want at the end of the day the fans have designed it so Really, everyone's saying like you know how how great it's the best shirt of dead, and it's no coincidence because they know what the fans they're they're sitting in the stadium or they're drinking in the pub with their mates. They know what the fans are looking for. There's a bit of a nod to a pa- past gone shirt in uh, 1980s, I think. Um, uh, and yeah, it's just it's brilliant. It, it, it's it's really good, really good um, feedback from it. The away shirt was a bit different and. But Marmite, you know, people love it or hate it. But I think it will be a grower once the people actually start to see it on the shelves and 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 wear it and stuff. I think it will be it will be one of them that looks looks better when, the, yeah, when yeah. you actually see it in front of rather than pictures on on the website. Very nice. So is there like a when you kind of sign a deal with the club or when you start planning next season's shirts? Is there like a process that's always the same? Like, do you know that this process will take six months and we need to do these things, or is it very different for each club? Yeah, no, we do. Um, we 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 look for sign off before the end of November okay. for the next year's kit. Wow. So, um, and ter- even even like a Hibernian, when you're talking higher higher in quantities, then it's even before that. We're probably signing it off probably September, definitely October latest. Wow. Because um, just volume, and we we we've got it doesn't take that long to to make a shot, obviously, but. Um, you know, you've got you've got to schedule in production. You've got to do everything behind the scenes. People just think it's amazing. You get fans all around about this time of year on social media and stuff, and they'll kind of get in contact and they'll say, "Oh, can we do this shot for next year?" And they're, they're talking about like now saying, "Can we do this shot for next year?" And they don't know that the shots were signed off, God, you know, eight months ago. <laughs> and they're talking, they're talking as if, yeah, okay, we're going to just blast these out and we'll we'll, we'll put them on sale. And, Three weeks time it's, it's just crazy people don't understand I didn't understand as a footballer I just turned up even even like the training way and things like that okay it might not be bespoke it's from a from a, a catalogue or a collection yeah. even to get that there embellished and everything else that, that goes be, before it actually arrives for the fan or the player to, to wear then yeah. it's a lot of, there's a lot of work involved and I didn't even realise that before I was a bit you know, as a footballer, you just turn up the kit's there and you wear it and you throw it on the floor and <laughs> off you go sort of thing. It's just, there's, there's, it's really opened my eyes. I didn't realise just the work involved in, in, in getting kit, getting a, a club supplied kit. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a huge market as well, isn't it? I guess maybe that's why the cost is high as well in order to kind of, all that process is kind of accounted for as well. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously it's always a, it's always a bugbear of fans and anything involved football, it's, you know, shirts are just a part of that. They all, the prices are going higher. The product is becoming more expensive, whatever it is you're, you're, you're getting. Um, it's more expensive for us to make. Yeah, it's more expensive to get it here, transport, especially after <laughs> the turn of the year and things like that. So I, I suppose it's just a reflection of life, isn't it? It's yeah, it's not like we are suddenly just deciding to increase prices. It's and it's the same with the clubs. At the end of the day, the clubs dictate the price. Right. You no, know, they dictate the retail price. And, you know, that, that we we have a, a guideline and parameters where it must be within. But it's yeah. their choice, really. At the end of the day, they can they could cost it as little or as expensive as, as they want. Right, right, right. Interesting. So, Andy, I've got one more question on Joma before we do start talking about your football shirt choices. I just wanted to know, like, where do you see the brand in five or ten years? Where would you like it to go? So, I think, obviously, the UK were predominantly known as a football brand. I think if you speak to anyone, Joma, they'll go, yeah, that's that football brand. Yeah. Um, but I think for us, the plan is multi-sport. We want to become we want to become known just as known in athletics or rugby. There's a big push this year on rugby. Um, right. You know, lots of different sports. We're, we're, we're doing okay, and we're, you know we're getting. We've, I mean, we've got Scottish athletics, we've got Welsh athletics, we've got Irish athletics. So right. that's just in the, in the space of the last sort of two, three years, um, we've got them on board. So it's again, it's just about getting in front of more people. So if we can do that and we can become better known for you know, multi-sport brand, then then we can start looking at like retail shops. So as I touched on, we, we have retail shops in Mediterranean countries on every high street like you would find, you know, here. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have that here yet. So I think we can get to a stage where Joma is widely recognised across all sectors that, you know, people can would like to walk in and buy a Joma hoodie to, to wear, you know, to wear as a teenager or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think yeah. we can get there and that's the plan, but it's a lot of hard work and a lot of luck, but I think we can do it. We've, we've done it in other countries, so why not? Exactly, yeah. That and having every team in the SPL is Joma, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny because you're getting these sort of comments and things, and listen, so it, it goes, it, there's lifespans to every club that you're with, so yeah, okay, we might have four, but in a year's time, we could have two or Maybe not two because we've signed sort of three of them, but that could drop to three. There's always there's always a shelf life for the club in any brand. It comes at times when the fans just want something different, so they have to move on. It's a very fluid market. So so yeah, we've 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 doing okay at the moment, but it can change. It can change year on year, and you just there's always another club you pick up and move on, and yeah 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 process just keeps going. And we've actually we've actually clinched a, a English Premiership club, which. It's not been announced yet, so we've got another one for next year. So, um, but very exclusive, I can't obviously tell you who it is, but um, it'll be announced very soon. So, uh, it was a shame Swansea ever never made it through the playoffs, or we could have had two. Of course. Um, I'm not, although I'm not sure the, the the money men would have wanted to <laughs> in, the, in the Premiership anyway, just in terms of the cost that's involved and and the sponsorship rights and all that. So, I'm not sure they would have maybe wanted that. But yeah, we'll, we will have representation in English Premiership next year. So. Fantastic, good, mate. Good all-round, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. it is, it's huge. It's a good club. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll be interested to see what, what comes off the back. Because even, even if it's down south, we still 
get the spin off of that in Scotland. It's the same when, with with Hibs. We, you know, there'll be spin off of that. You know, that that sort of level club. There's people reference it, and it, and it's good. And other other brand managers will be able to reference Hibernian, and I'll be able to reference X when they come on board. And it's just good for everyone. It just it's a perception of the brand. So nice. fantastic. I'm going to have to sit and try and work out who that is after we finish. (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, so listen, I ask everybody on the podcast this same question, um, and I'm interested in your take on it. Um, what do football shirts mean to you? Everything. Um, even in a previous life, if you like. Um, you know, I, I grew up as a kid. Football shirts, I was never out of football shirt. Yeah. I literally, my mum and dad couldn't get me in anything else. I just, all, all I wore was football shirts, and that's just a, that's just how, how I was. And I've continued that, obviously, my whole career. It's funny because... I actually don't have any of the shirts that I wore as a player. Oh, my wow. dad has them all. My dad keeps them all. I I literally don't have any now. I've got a son myself now. He's he's four and he's just starting to get sort of get into football and likes. So he's a Chelsea fan. I don't know why. I've never I've never really liked Chelsea myself, but you seen it on TV one time. He likes blue, so he's a Chelsea fan. Yeah, yeah. so he's he's actually on his, his second Chelsea kit and he's age four. So wow. so I, I don't know I don't know when that will stop or whether it'll continue but who knows that's his team at the moment so I'll go with that um, but yeah I don't have any of my, any of my kits it's, 
it's something that I'll probably obviously, you know, pass down to my son and, and we can sit, sit down and talk about them one day. I've got some great shots in my collection and I people I played against and, and things like that as well. So but uh, my dad keeps keeps all of that. And, yeah, all for another day. Nice, nice. So look, let's kick off with your uh, your first shirt choice. So this is the Motherwell 1990-91 Cup final kit by Admiral. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, it was a, it's a very famous final. It was 4-3, I think it was. You know, it just everything happened. The, the goalkeeper breaking his ribs and playing on for, for 60 minutes or whatever it was. <laughs> it was just a crazy final. It was one of them, if you speak to... It's always the one that gets shown in the, the, the show in the archives are, Great Scottish Cup finals. It's always right up there. It was just a tremendous game. I was probably too young. I don't really remember anything about the game. I remember being in the stand. It was terrace and it wasn't seating and with my dad and my uncle and stuff and remember walking to the game. But I don't actually remember the game. But what I do remember is the strip launched on the morning of the game. So it became available to buy on the morning of the Cup final. So I remember going down with my dad. It was a, a little independent um, sports shop in my local town, which you know, sadly these, these sort of guys don't, there's not very many of them going about now. It's all been taken over by the big the big hitters, but yeah. there's a lo- local independent sports retailer called Premier Sports and Wisher, a little town I, I grew up in. And I went there with my dad and there was a little queue outside because it was sort of a mother stronghold area and I queued up and, and, and got my full kit and I tried it on in the shop and I wouldn't take it off. That was me. I, I wouldn't take it off and put my probably another football strip that I had on to, to go there. I just wanted to keep it on and, and that was me ready for the, the cup final. I just remember in the car and parking up and walking to the ground and all that. It's just, that's probably my earliest memory of football, to be honest. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Nice. So I take it you're a Motherwell fan growing up then? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I actually played for Rangers from the age of eight all the way to I left school at 16. So, and actually just started to sort of follow them but yeah me and my friends would would go down to the middle game we, you know we could walk or jump in the bus and we would go and we'd, at that point I think it was like kids for a quid and, and we'd go down there and that was our wee sort of that's what, as far as we could go away from the sort of house and, yeah. and back on a, on a Saturday so no I, I went to a lot I still do still, I'm actually going to buy for the first time ever I'm going to buy me and my son again he's just starting football we're going to buy a season ticket oh um, but as most clubs do, we'll all do a great, a great campaign in terms of kids go free and all that. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna invest in a season ticket for the first time this year, and I'll, I'll go along as many games as, as I can. But very yeah. nice. Well, they've just updated the stadium, haven't they? They've done a load of upgrades over the summer. I've seen on Twitter. They have, yes. I mean, they've been doing it over the last few years. They're really good. Again, I, I'd sort of the reason I'm buying a season ticket. Like, can I say that on social media? It got quite a good. Uh, uh, response just from model fans and other football fans it, it made me buy the season ticket see because of content that they put out on social and and just what they do around about the ground and how they've updated it and even simple things like signage around about the ground and i've just been really making a conscious effort to to make it a better experience for for fans to go and it's a place now that i will i, I would take my four-year-old son whereas maybe a few years ago i maybe wouldn't have taken him because the seats weren't great you know it was it was kind of run down and and they've, they've done a lot of work and I'm pretty sure I mean I, that's my, I'm of that mind so I'm pretty sure there'll be other fans and maybe neutrals in the local area that maybe would normally get on a train and go and watch Rangers and Celtic I'm pretty sure they'll have converted quite a lot of the fans just because of appealing to the local community and that's yeah. something that's really sort of hit with me but they're good there's some good people there and they do some great great stuff and, and, and social media and stuff 
They're not in Joma yet, but we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> you'll get there, you'll get there. Hopefully one day. So, so you mentioned you're at Rangers for a long time as a youth, and then, if I'm right, when you were 16, you moved to Birmingham City, right? That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, I just sort of got to the age of leaving school and going to make a career as a footballer and had a few options. I, I played for Scotland schoolboys at the time, so sort of English clubs were seeing you and, and May games and had a few options at Newcastle and Leeds as well were options. I just kind of spent time down there. And I just I went to Birmingham the World Championship at the time and just got a really good feel for the club. I thought a big club, but not that big that I could you know maybe make it to the first team. And was that Leeds and you they just they just got to the semi final, the Champions League, and I'm going, how am I? Excuse me, how am I ever going to get into that team? You know, it's like they're, they're signing guys for oh, I don't know what it was, but mega money, and and you know I thought. Birmingham just felt right. I just got a good feel for it. Liked the people there. And yeah, I ended up going down there. It was it was brilliant for me. I mean, just, I was there for six years. Uh, just changed me as a person out with football and learned a lot, you know, being in that academy environment and playing against your Man United and Liverpools and made me a better player as well. So yeah. it was harder for my mum and dad, I think, especially my mum for 16-year-old moving to second biggest city in the UK. I think it was... Harder for her to accept than, than probably me. It was just an adventure for me. Really? That's how you treated it? That's good. Well, I, I, I was fulfilling a dream. I'd grew up and watching Match of the Day with my dad and, and I just wanted to be a footballer and to get paid. I mean, it was it was academy, so you're, you're starting off in the kind of scholarship scheme and it's, you know, you're getting paid, but it's not really, you're not really getting paid. But yeah, yeah. it's one of them, I just, to get paid to play, foot, play football, it was just, that was just, it was brilliant for me. I was just, Loving it. Amazing. So the shirt you've chosen then is a Birmingham shirt. It's the 0304 shirt by Lecoq Sportif. That's the one you made your premiership debut in. It was, yeah. Um, a home to Leicester City. Uh, I think I played eight minutes, something like that. Did you <laughs> but, win? You know, no, we got beat. No, oh. we got beat. Um, oh, did we get beat or was it a draw? I think it was a draw, actually. So I get sent on, obviously, striker. We'd went to about three up front at that point and just trying to nick the winner. Yeah. Um, and the manager sort of threw me on. I'd, be, I'd been on the, the fringes. I'd been on the bench a few times the week, like I think it was two or three weeks before Stamford Bridge against Chelsea. That was the first time I was ever actually a, 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 on the bench as a substitute. Um, I've travelled with the squad most weeks for that season and just been sort of the, the odd man out in the stand. But the, I'd got on the bench for a few games leading up to that Leicester game. And then, yeah, I'm warming up at the side of the pitch and the manager's doing that. and well, it must be him. Can't it can't be me? And then he's like, I was like, right, I'll go here. So I was on. It just happened so quickly, and yeah. still got the footage. Uh, it's a VHS. It's not even a, a DVD. It's a VHS. <laughs> my, my dad's got. It was remember matching the day moved to ITV for a few. I think it was like two years or Des Lyman. Uh, it's then it wasn't even on BBC matching the day. Wow. Uh, it was when it moved moved to ITV for that. I think it was like one year, wasn't it? it moved there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a long time anyway. So, so yeah, it was it was uh, it's that. So no, it's a it's a great memory. As I said I grew up every Saturday night lying on the couch with my dad and watching Match of the Day and to yeah. be on it to see myself on Match of the Day is, is not as blinking you miss it type, type thing, but just to see myself on there, it's I, it was a it was a dream come true for me and my dad and my, my family. So, did you were you a confident young lad? So like, were you were you kind of coming on the pitch thinking I'm going to do something here, or were you nervous? Was it the other way around? I, I probably was confident by the time I got to that stage. I think when I moved down um, from Scotland, uh, 
I, I wasn't confident. I was quite shy and growing up and stuff. But I think you know I had to be confident. I was I was sixteen year old and I was living with a sort of host family like in digs and stuff. But I was literally there myself. I had to I had to grow up. I had to learn, and so I, I became more confident. So at that point, I was probably eighteen, right, nineteen, um, probably eighteen. So I I I'd, I'd come out my shell a wee bit, and you know you're you're playing and you're on the fringes and you're training with the first team every day. So naturally, you just get get a bit, a bit of a hit for yourself, don't you? And you, you get your confidence that way. But no, I was I was fine. I, I did that. I thought I could go in here and score. I was scoring regularly in the reserves and you know, I, I, in the academy and all that previous to that. So yeah, every time I, I went on the pitch, I'm still the same. Playing over 35s now and I, I still think disappointed. I'm disappointed. Yeah, it's still on a Friday night. Um, the league's not started yet. It's a few weeks away, but yeah, I still play. Um, and I'm... I'm I, if we win and I don't score, I'm I'm raging like, uh, and it's over thirty five. I can't run, but if I don't score, I'm 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 not happy. <laughs> so you did a lot of like kind of time on loan whilst you're at Birmingham. And what what I wanted to ask was, was the club doing that, or were you kind of asking the club, look, I want to go out and play? If it's hard to break in the first team, do you get out there and get that experience? Yeah, it was me asking. Um, in hindsight, some of them probably went right. I shouldn't have went, but. I don't know why it's sitting reserves. I, I was fortunate. I got I got in the reserve team quite early, probably in my tail, tail end of my first year down there. I was doing well in the academy, and I kind of got in the reserve. So I'd maybe been playing reserve football for two years, two and a half years before I when I started sort of getting on the fringes of the first team. And I was like, yeah. I've done it. You know, I'd done it there. And you know, reserve football is great up to a point, but it gets a point. In it, you know, any any first team players that are coming down to play in reserves, they don't want to be there. You know, the, the the just the atmosphere about the tempo and it just it run its course for me and I just wanted to keep getting out every time I would go and I, you know, I made some shocking decisions really in hindsight, but I just I was just eager to play. I just wanted to get out there and, and show the manager, show, show Steve Bruce that I could do it at first team level and try and force my way into his plans. Um, but yeah, as I say, it's uh, on the CD, everybody always goes, you've got so many teams, but it's one of them. You, you're going out for a... a a month or three months here and it's just that's just the way it is it a premiership club most most of if you're not a world beat and you're not going to get in the, the the first team at 18 then you, you've got to go out there and get experience and i say i did make some bad bad, bad choices but hey at hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it exactly well, i was going to ask you that obviously you know you, you get you, you're described mm-hmm. on wikipedia as a journeyman and i wonder it's kind of <laughs> How, well, I wondered how you feel about that, but also, is that because you had that desire to always keep playing? Is that why you moved on to different clubs to always make sure you had game time? Yeah, I mean, probably, uh, obviously, the loan spell, as I've touched on, I just wanted to play. I didn't want to play reserve football, so that accounts for these sort of moves. But once I, I moved back um, up to Scotland, uh, aside for Kilmarnock, which didn't really get a sniff there, and I ended up moving pretty quickly. And I just, every move I made, always felt as if I bettered myself like I, I moved up I, I could have stayed at the club most of the clubs I moved I could have stayed there and maybe signed another contract but every move I moved I would go up a division or two divisions and I was I was always trying to push on and you know again maybe made some decisions in hindsight weren't the right thing I should have maybe stayed put like for Ross County for example when we just won the first season there I'd scored 29 goals and I had a few teams and I ended up signing for Inverness. So yeah. I went from second division, although we'd won the league, jumped up to the, the uh, Premier League. And yeah, I didn't have a great time at Inverness. It didn't go well for me, but I did it. I, I, if, I, 
I could have stayed at Ross County and been comfortable there, but I wanted to test myself and see if I was good enough for the Premier League. And ultimately, you know, people will say I wasn't good at that at that stage in my career, but I wanted to try. I wanted to do it. I think it was a great contract, and you know, it, it set me up for later in life as well in terms of a monetary thing. But it wasn't really about. It. I just wanted to prove and show that I could score goals in the Premier League, and yeah. and I, I did that throughout my career again. With Ross County later on when I signed for Dunfermline. Ross County were in the Championship and Dunfermline in the Premiership. So I wanted to play in the Premiership again. And it was just all my moves kind of like that until you get to the end of the career and you're just kind of hanging on a wee bit. Um, the moves in the, the sort of peak of my career were just all about kind of bettering myself. Yeah, yeah. One, one thing I did want to ask you about your time at Birmingham. Um, I'm hoping I've kind of got the dates right here, but you, you've got kind of Scotland under 19 caps, right? So you, you were playing, you mentioned Scotland schoolboys. I wondered when, at that time, it was Bertie Vogts as the manager, right? And Bertie Vogts yeah. was handing out caps like no one's business. If you're a Scot in the Premier League, he was seeming to cap these guys. Were you ever anywhere close to that, do you think, at that time? No, probably not. Even in my under-19s team, you know, there was guys there like Darren Fletcher was in that team. Right. Uh, Craig, Craig Beatty, who was playing for Celtic at the time, ended up coming down to West Brom and Swansea and stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was in that team. There was, there was probably more. There was probably people in, especially in forward areas that were probably ahead of me okay. in terms of being on that pecking order to to get pushed up. And they did. They guys went on to play under twenty one football and, and things. So no, I don't think I probably ever was. And you know, I, I don't know if I'd got in the Birmingham first team and started sort of playing more regularly and and, and there. Then you never know. I, I probably had to force myself into thinking, but it was never to be. I wasn't good enough for the, the Birmingham first team, and and then. Obviously, ultimately, wasn't good for an international setup either. So right, right, right. But you still got those under nineteen caps, mate. So that's amazing. You know, did you keep those shirts? That was it. Yeah, again, my dad will have them. I, I've <laughs> not seen them. not seen them since probably the day, the day of the game. But my dad will have them. I he keeps everything. Nice, nice. Well, look, let's move on to your final shirt. So, uh, this is a Ross County shirt from your second period at the club. If I'm right, it's a Scottish Cup final shirt from 2010. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, obviously, for a, a championship at the time to go, we beat Celtic in the semi-final, yeah. um, which is unheard of up here. For you know, people still talk about it now. Beat them two 0 um, Obviously, get to the final against Dundee United, who were a good side at the time. Yeah. Had loads of players that actually went on to get moved to down south to the English Premiership and for big money, and they ended up beating three 0 in the final. But it was it was tighter than that. It was like 0 0 up to the sixtieth minute or something. Yeah. Something like that, and end up going out and running, running away to their winners. They were too good for us on the day, but but yeah, it's just a, a pinnacle in my career again. You know, when you're playing football with your mates down the park, and you're coming across you, and you're, you're, you're kidding on it's the last minute of the Scottish Cup final. As a Scot, you know, you'll do it FA Cup final and stuff. That's just what we do, isn't it? That's what we played that loads of times over our head to, and to walk out there in front of 55,000 at Hamden National Stadium and just. It was just a, such a proud day and my family's in the stand and, and yeah, ultimately the match itself was a bit of a, a letdown but just the whole experience and before the game, after the game, everybody was down but we had a great party that yeah. night as well and just, you know, the achievement that we did to beat Celtic in the semi-final, that was probably our final. That was us, we kind of peaked at the semi-final stage and yeah, yeah. yeah it, was just, it was just great memories. People still talk about it. It kind of launched Ross County as a club as well they were always sort of bottom half championship team and since that day they kind of put them on the map and they've kicked on and you know they've achieved they've won 
they won the cup uh, not so long ago and they've been sort of steady in the Premiership for a number of years and and yeah, it's um, it, it really helped everyone, players individually in that team and obviously the club as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic achievement, like you say. Do you uh, did you keep your medal? Yeah, yeah, I've got it, and it, that's probably one that I, I will plan to get framed. Right. So I've got like the the shirt, the program, the medal. Right. Um, you know, you know, you, you can see these things. That's probably one I will do that with. Because uh, you know, if there's any that I do, it'll probably will be actually in the semi final. I got Robbie Keane's shirt. He was up at Celtic at the time. Wow. Okay. He'd come up on loan to Celtic, uh, and I knew friend of a friend, sort of Celtic kit man. Um, and I can arrange before the game that I was going to get it. Yeah, get the shirt. So I've got a picture actually. It sees me. It's a picture of me after the game. My arm round Robbie Keane, like pleading with him to give him the shirt. <laughs> and he and he said he said to me, "No, no, it's somebody's getting it. I've already arranged." And I'm going, "Yeah, it's me. It's me." And I'm going, "You can see me like doing that." And then he was having done it. He's like, "No, no, well, you'll get it inside." And so I got it. Uh, got it. So he wasn't up. He wasn't at Celtic for very long. So I actually got offered a lot of money for that. Just just not not too long after, but. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, serious amounts of money, like thousands of pounds for it. But I never, I kept, I kept it, and I, that's just, just because of the day and the occasion. If we got beat, maybe I'd have sold it. But because we won, and it's just part of the occasion for me. I've got Robbie Keane shirt, you know, an absolute superstar, and incredible, and uh, and we beat them on the day. Of course, yeah. Wow. I wanted to ask you about the final itself. Did you personally have a good game? I know you lost three 0 but how did you get on? Hardly touched the ball, to be honest. I always say this to people. I think I touched the ball about 20 times in the whole game. It's like we, we were just camped in. I mean, we didn't have a shot and goal. That's how bad. And for a team that were really free scoring and with our strength was our attacking, yeah. um, we had some great wingers and really skillful players round about me. And, and we never even had a shot and goal. It was right. just so disappointing. Yeah, we never never had a shot and goal. It's, it's like a, it's just something that kind of eats away at you, you know, and right. on the day. and But yeah, listen. We, we could reflect on it and it's still an unbelievable achievement and as I said the, maybe dampened the dampened the celebrations for a couple of us but afterwards we, I think we all realised what, just what we'd achieved and yeah, yeah. We, we enjoyed it so. Fantastic mate well listen that's three amazing shirt choices some amazing stories as well um, just thank you so much for your time mate it's been absolutely amazing to speak to you oh, No worries pleasure as I say always happy to talk kit and talk football so yeah. thanks for having me on thanks for inviting me on it's been a pleasure So there you have it. Massive thanks to Andy for sharing his football kit memories with me. You can follow me and my own collection on Instagram or get in touch via Twitter or email. Make sure you follow Andy and Joma too on the socials. The music you heard was produced by Eva Led. Check that out on his Bandcamp. There's links to absolutely everything I've mentioned in the notes section of the podcast. And finally, thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, please do spread the word. Give me a follow on social and subscribe to Football Kit Memories on your podcast player of choice. And other than that, I'll catch you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.